Thank you for tuning in to the Just Believe podcast. I'm your host, HP Mac. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. This podcast is raw, authentic, and unscripted. With that being said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe podcast. Today, I am honored to have this lovely young lady on. Um, I don't know. I saw her page on Instagram, and it just resonated with me. The, the positivity about loving yourself and learning how to love. I was like, oh, I have to connect with her. And this lovely young lady is Colette Harris. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I have this big old smile on my face because I feel so honored to be one of your guests. Um, I listen, uh, but actually I've been following you. Of course, I just started my podcast probably back in September and it's been a wonderful journey. And I have no idea where God is going to lead me on this, but I have enjoyed every moment of producing it. I taught everything uh, taught myself everything, YouTube, Instagram, and it's still a, a work in progress, but I'm proud of what I created. Oh, and I, the I'm reason- proud of it too. It's good. Yeah, thank you. Good, the reason why I chose to follow you because I, I did some research and I was like, this brother is very positive. I need to hear this. I need to see it. And your, your voice is so calm and your good morning. Oh, thank you. Your good morning. Yes. I was like, oh, he's so calm. And I would I would never know what you've been through if you didn't share, and I appreciate you sharing. Oh, yeah, no, um, no and it just elated and resonated with me as well. Like, okay, this brother is speaking about love, and you know we can only speak about it because we've been through something. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind sharing my story. And I had a severe depression after I had my second child. I have, of course, I have a daughter who's seventeen and a son who's now fifteen. But when my son was six months years of age or six months old. You can edit that one out. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I I know what you meant. Everybody knows what you meant. Um, I suffered from postpartum and I felt uh, it all settled in because I I am not, I didn't want to have children. That was my plan. And I know when God takes over, this was his plan. So I didn't want to have kids. And the reason I did not want to have kids is because I helped raise my niece and nephew from the time I was 12 until I was 21. My mother and I, my sister was in the military and I helped raise them. And not until I was 21, I moved to Georgia and I started living my life. You know, I didn't have to check in with my mother. I didn't have to put what I wanted aside to make sure I attend to my niece and nephew. And I've had a grand time. I ended up getting married. I think I was 25. Okay. And um, my ex-husband, you know, he's he was my he's my husband at this point because I'm now <laughs> divorced. <laughs> he was my husband. So my ex-husband and I um, had these beautiful children and um, we were married five years. And he was like, don't you want to have kids? I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. You because know, of I the because of the past. And a lot of people don't understand how your upbringing and what you've been through would definitely cloud your mind to not, to make a decision. Like, I'm not going to do this. But you and I both know, Mac, this is not my design. It's definitely God's yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. It's God's plan. So all, all the time. But I didn't know that until later on. So I had um, my daughter. And then, of course, I had my son. And postpartum set in. Now, the postpartum also came from... My kids are 21 months apart, so they were back, they're back to back. And I was a stay-at-home mom, 
And my daughter was also two. And we were living in Delaware at the time. And I don't know if you have even heard of Delaware, but you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've been yeah, there. of course. You're from oh, the yeah. Bronx. So you, yeah. you, one way in, one way out. Yep. <laughs> so it settled in. It wasn't until um, I had my son and he was in the room crying. And I heard him crying. And when I went in there to get him, I could not pick him up. I mean, he was crying and it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. So I'm just standing over his crib and I got hot all of a sudden. It felt like heat had just hit my body. And my ex came into the room and he just stood there like, why are you not getting him? And I said, I can't. I can't. I said, there's something wrong because I feel like hurting him. And I, when I said it, I broke down because I'm like, oh, my God, this is my baby. How would I yeah, want to hurt? This is a part of me that I want to hurt. Right, right. But it was postpartum. So I reached out to a therapist. And, of course, they try to medicate you first. Of course. And she said, Colette, you know, I think, you, I think you're suffering from postpartum, you know. And I, I've, I saw that I wasn't cleaning the house like I normally do. I wasn't tending to them like I normally would. I was just going through the motion. And it wasn't until she told me what that looks like that I began to understand that I was in it. And I said, I, I can't get on any type of medication out there. Is there anything else I could do? And she said, well, you can start exercising. I said, I could do that. And she said, I think you need to take a break from being a mom. Because I was a stay-at-home mom from the Which time I had. The hardest job in the world. Oh tell, I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think people value stay-at-home moms as that. They just look at them like, oh, she just stayed. No, it's the hardest Man. job. Man, when I tell you, Mac, I was domestic engineer. That was my job title. I ran the household. Mm-hmm. I was a CFO, the CEO, the COO of my household. Yeah. <laughs> and I carried everything. Dinner, clean, make sure the house was clean, tending to the children, because I felt like that was my responsibility. Um to do that. But inadvertently, I was going downward the spiral because that's not my personality. Yeah, I'm this a social is something butterfly. You're not accustomed. Yeah, you're not accustomed Mm-mm. to this. At all. I want to be out. I like talking to strangers. I love hugging on people. I like being interactive. I'm definitely and you know, I, I just like to be, I'm a Leo. So I'm the life yeah. of the party at all okay, times. Okay, we both fire signs. You're Leo, I'm a Sagittarius. So I got it. I already know. We're very similar. Yeah. Right. So, yes. you know, my when I when that came upon me and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to do something. So my ex at the time, he was like, okay, we can work that in. So we worked on when he gets home from work that I take a break. Mm-hmm. But I felt, I felt as though I was still alone. And... I felt, you know, my family wasn't in, um, I had a, my aunt and my cousins, they were in Delaware. So we got together every now and then, but I felt like I was in this whole raising these kids alone because he was working. He was a provider. He was doing what he was designed to do, but I was staying home with the children and that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I had a little resentment and luckily I came out of the depression, but it wasn't until later. I remember- Oh, wow. I went through working out and having the time by myself. And of course, I wasn't happy about where we were living in Delaware because I didn't feel like I had any type of social life. And it took probably about a year. But I remember having thoughts of suicide, suicidal thoughts. And it just wasn't me that I considered. It was everybody. So I didn't come forth with that until I remember coming to Georgia because we lived in Georgia prior to going to Delaware. And I was visiting my girlfriend and she was a police officer. And I couldn't sleep the night that I got here. I was staying with her. 
And I remember at 4 a.m. in the morning, I had, I knew where her gun was. I made sure I saw where she put it. And mm-hmm. I woke up saying, I, I'm not happy. I cannot continue to do this. I felt really, really bad and low because I was chemical, my chemical balance was completely off of having the children. Yeah. And I went into her bedroom and I knocked on the door and I said, I need help. I said, I'm having these thoughts and I watched you where you put your weapon and I was considering on committing suicide with her gun. She, she hugged me. We cried. We went to go get something to eat and we walked and we talked and it, it was a great feeling just to let someone hear me because I didn't have to, that I trust because I felt yeah. like I couldn't tell my ex because he would probably be like, what is wrong with you? You know, yeah. you have this, you're home with the kids. Like, what could possibly be wrong with you? It wasn't until I returned from Delaware from that trip, I told him. And it was awful. It was so bad. And, you know, I knew he felt helpless because I was in this state of mind. And he asked me, he said, what do we need to do? And I said, get me back to my family. I need support with mm-hmm. the children. I need more support because I'm at home. I don't feel like I need a break. So that was the first, um, that was my first depression. Then when we got back here to Georgia and settled in, it it was, it came back. It came back because I was still home. So I'm eight years in, you know, being home with my kids and being involved with them, taking to play days, taking the library, reading, joining Mocha Moms. I'm doing, I'm real active because I said to myself, let me just throw myself into it. And I started drinking very heavily just to cope, trying to numb the pain Mm -hmm. because I had resentment. I wanted to go to work. I wanted to have an income. I wanted to have a career and I didn't have that. And it wasn't until I started going to therapy and my therapist said, do you not know who you're raising? You're raising the next Barack Obama. And she started the next Oprah Winfrey. She's like, you, you gotta, you were raising these people. You gotta mm-hmm. throw yourself into it. And I, I, I resonated with that. And I said, you're right. I do. And it wasn't like you could see it. I was hiding how I was feeling because yeah. I put on that face every day. We like I do. was, yeah, like I was under control. I had it all together, but I was dying on the inside because I felt helpless. I didn't feel like I was contributing to the household. I thought I turned this thing off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought I was contributing to the houseboat, but I guess I was not. And that's when it all settled in. So um, I didn't come out of my depression until I got divorced. Now, do you feel like the relationship with your ex-husband, your husband, do do you feel like that relationship, it just wasn't, the, the match, because when it comes to love, right, and evolving, sometimes somebody will grow and somebody may not grow. Or they mm-hmm. may not be able to handle what you're going through. And they don't know how to support you. Was it something like he just didn't know how to support you? Or was it? I, yeah, was, I definitely over? agree. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like he did not know how to support me as I, I went through that. Um, great guy. A wonderful father. I felt like I was definitely growing apart. We grew apart uh, when we were married. We were married for 13 or 14 years. And I, I feel like, and this is all bad, 
I don't think anyone should do this. I felt like I was trying to change him into someone he wasn't. Mm. And I had to admit to that, that I was trying to do that. And I had to apologize to him. And I felt bad that I was trying to make this brother be someone he was not. Yeah, someone that and, he wanted to, to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was an eye opener for me to say, this is just not going to work. Um, and we, you know, when you're in a relationship with anyone, it does take two. Yeah, and um, that's over time. It just, we could not come together and be on the same page. But I had a lot of things that I was dealing with, you know, the raising of the children. You know, I mean, even through therapy, I had to write my sister a letter and, and apologize and tell her how I felt because I believed and felt as though the responsibility of raising children from the age I was 12 to 21 was too much. It's, it was like, I've already been a mother. Yeah. So why would I want my like own now, now I want to, now I want to enjoy my life. Thank you for hold. I've been holding down the family for seven plus years of supporting everyone else, but me. Now it's time mm-hmm. to support myself. Yep, exactly. So it wasn't until therapy that there, you know, I wrote the letter. We had different exercises and my sister and I, um, had our, our meeting and forgave one another. And I just t- put it all on the table, how I felt. And it wasn't until I released all that, that the depression started to uplift. Mm-hmm. And I started to become myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a dear friend of mine saying, how can someone who brings so much joy to someone else's life be depressed? And he was speaking to me. And I was like, I never thought about it that way. He was like, Colette, you bring your energy, your vibe, your swag. He's like, everybody loves, everybody you come in contact with, they love and they care about you. How can you be depressed? What is going on? And I had to figure out and pinpoint the things that were bringing me down. Like, why don't I like being a mom? Yeah. You know, why don't I like being a wife? What am I doing? I I had this whole facade and painted this picture, but I didn't like who I was. Mm -hmm. So I had Mm -hmm. to step outside and really destroy, you know, my marriage and does take two. And the only thing I was thinking about was like, these children are going to see me drinking every single day. What type of mother am I going to be? So I've got to, I've got to leave this marriage so I can get better and heal. And now, yeah. And now I'm on top of the world. You know, I I don't drink. I drink sociably. Um, I knew I had a problem. And let me tell you how I knew I had the problem. When I used to go to the grocery store, I used to go down the the wine and beer aisle first. Yeah. Yep. 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 (laughs) We are the same person. Yep. Yep. I was like, I'm supposed to be on the produce aisle, Mm -hmm. but I'm down this aisle. Something wrong. Yeah. The first thing I would write is like, uh, let me get some sort of wine. First thing, whatever my my grocery list, the first thing was always alcohol. Yeah. And then everything else was second. Yeah. It was numbing the pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, of course, it puts you in a better spirit and you have a lot more energy, but it was the wrong energy. So yeah. I was glad to be healed from that. You know, it's something that you said um, that I'm glad. Well, your story is phenomenal, by the way. But it was something that you said that I'm glad that you said it. You went to go see a therapist. Um, unfortunately, people that look like you and I, we don't believe in, uh, they teach us not to believe in therapy, right? Like, oh, you shouldn't go to therapy. You're not a nut. Like, you don't need it. And it's like, and I always view it as when my tooth hurt or like when I have a toothache or whatever, I go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. But I have so much pain and stuff. A therapist, that's their specialty to help me release that pain, help me get 
get that pressure off of just wanting to be alive. Like it just helps me cope. Why can't I just see that? Once I started explaining it to people like that, right? Like, hey, you can see a therapist. It doesn't mean that you're a nut. You're just unpacking so much baggage from your your life. Like there's so so much trauma that we experience that you don't realize is trauma, right? Like I... I try to stress it out as much as I can. Um, like so far during this podcast, like doing this podcast, I've been having therapists and psychiatrists and counselors. Mm-hmm. And I do that not because I think like their story is phenomenal, but I just want people to understand like, it's okay. It is definitely okay. okay. I, I have been in therapy. Well, I've had, I'm 48 years old. I've been to a therapist four times and mm-hmm. it's been for different levels of my life. It was through the postpartum. I went to see one during my marriage. We saw a therapist and then I also saw the therapist on my own. And then later on in life, you know, just to figure things out. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's the questions that they ask you and the exercises that they give you to make you really, really dig deep. Mm-hmm. And it lays everything out on the table. It really does. And you'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm really feeling like this, but this is why. And and it didn't resonate for me until I had my own kids, how much hatred and, and I hate to say that word because I don't hate anybody, but I did how much hatred and resentful that I was of even having kids because Because of what my, because of the past. And then it was like, I'm having all these feelings all over again. So it all aligned and it made sense. Mm -hmm. And I believe in writing things down. I believe in sharing my story because, you know, you just never know who you're going to assist. So at what point, like now you heal and you're feeling like you again, right? I think people don't understand. Uh, It's, it's, sometimes you don't feel like yourself and you, and when you don't feel like yourself, that's when you definitely have to seek the help. And, and unfortunately, I couldn't go see a therapist, right? Not because I didn't want to see a therapist. Financially, I couldn't afford it. I was barely like paying my bills, my monthly bills and all that. So I did self-exercises. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't YouTube anything. It was just stuff that I knew. And I, and I called it like back to the basics of writing and, and releasing those emotions, coloring. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm a grown man who colors. Why? Because it's releasing some sort of emotions, like breaking up patterns. I believe in like we're creatures of habits. And there's patterns and routines that we see that we keep doing. And sometimes if you keep doing the same thing, that's pretty much the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. So I started doing other things, writing, uh, drawing, doing yoga, exercising, um, writing sticky notes all over my house of positive notes. The first thing mm-hmm. I ever wrote was just believe. And that's what made me come up with it because I didn't believe in myself and, right. and my abilities. And I had to do something that no one ever taught me to value self-love and learning how to love myself. They exactly. teach you how to love others. Right, That's right. That's easy. Right. Yeah, let me go love this person. But then like, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the relationship, that's when those skeletons comes out and you're like, man, man. I, I, I have some insecurities. Right, yeah, right. I have some insecurities. Man, let me make sure she ain't cheating on me. Hey, where you at? You at work? You know, you're doing stuff like that. And you're like, hey, you know, and you realize, wait, wait, wait why do I have these insecurities? Oh, you have to, you have, yes, you have to realize where it stems from. If you mm-hmm. figure out where it comes from, then you can tackle it. Yes. Hands down. Yes. Yes. So when, when did you decide to, okay, you know what? I'm going to actually share my story with the world and talk about love in a sense where people can understand it and take it. Cause I tell everyone there's a language, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
when it when I get a lot of therapists following me, right? Thankfully, because mm-hmm. they say I speak their language, but they say mm-hmm. I speak their language, but I also speak the language of, you know, their clients or their patients, whatever you want to call them. And now I realize, oh, I can be a bridge. So when did you realize, okay, you know what? Let me share my story and not only share my story, but let me teach people how to love. Like, what is love? It didn't transpire for me until my kids were starting middle school. So I feel as though middle school is a very intricate season in a young adult's life. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're going in, of course, from elementary to middle. So you're going to have different cliques. You're going to be faced um, with different obstacles, different friends, bullies, all types of things. So it wasn't until then that I realized the things that I was telling them, like walk, you know, walk with confidence. Yeah. If you don't like your outfit, let me know so I can help you uh, obtain your style. Um, you got to worry about perception. But I was giving them all this advice, but I wasn't doing it. Mm, mm, you're not practicing so, what you're preaching. <laughs> I was not. I was not. And, you know, as a parent, like you are, we are our role. The kids are, you know, we are our children's role models. Yeah. So I had to start living in what I was preaching. So I had to start affirming myself as I affirmed them to tell them that you are beautiful. But in the bathroom, I might be crying because I'm feeling some type of way about my finances or the fact that I have taken on this new single life or just the weights of, of life had, were on me, but I wasn't standing in what I was preaching to them. So that's when I had the turnaround. I'm like, okay, okay, Colette, start with, with, with you first and I'll always start on the inside and work my way out. Mm-hmm. So it was, what was I dealing with? Like yourself, write it down. What don't I like about myself? What things are changeable? And I started tackling those things. And I knew my personality. Uh, I know where my personality comes from. The energy that I give to others, I get it back. And even if I don't get it back, I'm still being me. So it wasn't until my kids went to middle school. And then when they started high school, um, the more affirming came along, especially when I have a daughter, even with my son, I call them beautiful. They're handsome. I make them walk in confidence. Um, you're not, I'll tell them in a minute, you're not leaving the house looking like that. You're not going anywhere <laughs> for me like that because do you know who I am? <laughs> and, and it's not that I'm, I am someone to myself. That's like, do you know who I am? Yeah. You, you, you are a product of me and you're not going to walk around like that. Yeah. When they see me, they're going to see you. Perception is everything. So yes. once I started affirming myself with the beauty and I'm smart and I'm tell- intelligent, that's when it has become such a, um, it's our everyday walk. Yes. Everyday walk. Mm-hmm. I've, al- I've always been a, a smart young lady. I've all, you know, did great in high school. I've always been driven and very independent. Um, and that's why when I started feeling bad about myself, it, I was taken back by my emotions. Oh, I get it. I definitely get it. No, it was good. It's good. It's, it's good. I'm glad to connect with you because I, to me, it's important about self-love. Um, okay. Being a male, no, you know, I've seen all the guys that, I, I wouldn't say look up to, but been around. Like I, unfortunately, I'm my own role model because I didn't have that, that guidance, that proper guidance. So I became what I thought 
is a decent person, right? Mm-hmm. I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, I don't know how to love myself. Yes, I do know how to love, you know, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to love myself. Like you said, I got to do some real deep, deep soul searching. Right. And being comfortable in my own skin and realize, okay, this is my flaw. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine with it. I'm comfortable with it. So yeah. what? They don't like it. So what? I love it. And, right. and realize, <laughs> but, but realize like, okay, this is, this is how I talk. This is how I walk. This is how I do things. Am I perfect at it? No, but realizing, okay, I'm not perfect at it. I'm going to own this, this negative side of me, quote unquote, where, where it's like, but it's not a negative thing. That's what makes me me. This is what mm-hmm. makes me unique. It's like you said, it's the perception of it. This yeah. is not a flaw. This is just what makes HP Mac, HP Mac, you know, right. like, and it's and your design. That. Yes. It's my design. Do I want to be like a Barack? No. Why? That's, there's mm-hmm. only one Barack. Like, exactly. Just, let me just be myself and love it and being comfortable mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Perfect message. Yes. You got to be yes. comfortable with it. Yeah. No, and, you know, as in high school and in middle school, you know, we've all been talked about and oh yeah, put down. You know, even from our own parents putting us down and, and saying what we can and cannot do. Yeah. But I will say everything that I've touched, I'm inspired by. And it, it keeps my growth definitely developing. And the love is every single day that I get up. And I think I posted this on, on one of your posts that I'm breathing. And I have yeah. a chance to, to be me and show the world who I am, regardless if they um, like who I am or not. Yeah. But I've done my part. Yeah, you know, I always, um, every week, at least one day a week, I don't have like a, a, a day, but every every time I post like once a week, I always try to talk about self-love because it's important. Um, mm. There's a lot of people I know who know how to love everyone else but themselves. And I always try to break it down and try to articulate it in a way where they can, man, I didn't look at it like that. Oh, mm-hmm. You know what? This this is a good way to take it. Um but yeah, no, unfortunately, we have to go. I want you to tell people where can they find you at? Oh, they can find me everywhere. I'm on um, Instagram, of course, The Love Starts With You, Facebook. Um, I have a website, of course, The Love Starts With You. You can contact me there and just let me love on you a little bit and, and, and speak to you and share my story as you share yours and we can continue this love wealth together. Uh, hold on, hold on. You got to tell them about the podcast. You know, I can't, I can't <laughs> let you go without you dropping your podcast now. Now, come got on to. now. I got to, I got to see, <laughs> see, this lets you know that it's not the norm for me. So this is new. <laughs> this is new. So the podcast, <laughs> and the podcast is published. Uh, I do a new segment every Thursday on the love starts with you. It's on Apple, Google and Spotify. It has been something that I created during our pandemic because I have spent so much time in this world alone loving on myself, I felt as though I felt as though I need to allow other people to speak about their positivity of their self-love, things that upset them and things that they love. Um, put it out there. So what we're doing is we're sharing how you love yourself. And then of course I allow people to tell me how they love others. And everybody wants to be loved differently. But yes. you are the common denominator. So you give yourself that same love every single day. Yes, I love it. I love it. 
Thanks for coming on. I appreciate this. Um, we definitely have to collab again. This was yes, this was, uh, this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. This is like yes. I felt like I known you like forever. <laughs> yes, listen, <laughs> like I could be I could be your I could be your hype girl <laughs> when you want to talk about some female things. You're like, let me yeah. call uh, Colette. You know what is crazy? Like you say that I um, majority of my followers are females, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even it's not even close. Like not even close. And um, <laughs> but the good thing about it. What they do is um they you know they DM me we, we have some conversations about self-love or how to be vulnerable and the, and the power of it. And um, you know, I tell people it's not a weakness, it's just a power we have to learn how to use. And um, they would like share my information with whatever guy that they, whether it's their boyfriend, husband, mm-hmm. dad, you know, brother. And it's been a blessing where you know I've been able to kind of stare some guys and, and hey, look, it's okay, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and breaking it down. But I would love to collab with you later on in the future. But Definitely, we will discuss this behind the scenes. Until then, guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Much love.